Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening. It is Monday, July 27th, 2015. My name is Michael Clark. I'm not afraid to give my name. And we're here once again to talk about the only true asset protection program anywhere in the world, the only impenetrable program. And people have asked me, Mike, why is it impenetrable? It's impenetrable quite, impenetrable, quite simply because if anybody's going to sue you, you will you 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 give up all ownership of your assets through this program. You give it up contractually and irrevocably, and there's no way they can go after the trust of which you legally, lawfully, contractually, and irrevocably gave your assets in return for trust certificates. That's why it's impenetrable. They can come after you all they want, but they're not, and they may get a judgment against you. But if you've done the program properly, you've not only transferred all of your assets, but you've assigned all of your income sources. Maybe active income, such as from your job if you're still working, or it may be um, inactive or, or passive income, the type of income that um, interest and investments and things like that. So uh, we give you total and complete, total asset privacy and impenetrable, because you don't own anything, impenetrable asset protection. So with that being said, there's, a, there's one thing I want to bring up. Um, I'm going to start with last week's questions first, and then we'll get into this week's questions. And any questions you may want to ask on the computer, just type them in. And if you're strictly on a phone line, um, by all means, um, press star 8. And uh, when I see the flags come up, I will, I will uh, when I get an opportunity, I'll flip over there and click on the flag and unmute you so that you can ask your question. So, um, but I want to talk about, I mentioned the UCC lien, the website being down in Washington, D.C., and I left about a half dozen messages, and um, typical government, right, guys? Um, uh, And I I finally left my email address saying, hey, if you can't call me, just at least um, send me something so that we know what's going on. And here's what I got from the government of the District of Columbia. Office of the Chief Financial Officer, Office of Tax and Revenue, uh, OTR. Um, Notice, 2013-01, Uniform Commercial Code, Article 9, Amendments, New Forms for Filing. And here's what it says. The Uniform Commercial Code, Article 9, Amendments, Act of 2011, became D.C. Law 19-302, on May 1st, 2013, the law is effective to all instruments to be recorded on or after July 1st, 2013. The law was principally drafted by the Uniform Law Commission and the American Law Institute. The effect of the, effect of the amendments is as follows. One, 
Further improvement of the filing system for the filing of financing statements. Two, more detailed guidance for the debtor's name on financing statement when the debtor is a corporation, limited liability company, or a limited partnership, or when the collateral is held in a statutory or common law trust in a decedent's estate. Three, some simplification of the form of the financing statement, and four, greater protection for an existing secured party having a security interest in after-acquired property when its debtor relocates to another state or merges with another entity. Um, see, this is one of the things about being able to file the UCC lien in both the U.S. and Canada. If you move to a different state, it won't be effective in the county any longer in the, in the state that you uh, recorded in. or the, Well, the province, you, won't, you don't record it in the province. But um, if you move, you've still got the lien effective um, on a national basis, okay? Um, let's see, effective July 1st, 2013, the only versions of the following forms will be accepted for filing are those provided by provided in D.C. official code number um, 28-9-521, namely UCC financing statement form, UCC1, UCC financing statement addendum form, UCC1 AD. UCC Financing Statement Addendment Form UCC3 and UCC Financing Statement Amendment Addendum Form UCC3AD. As provided in DC Official Code, same code number, generally the amendments made by the DC Law 19-302 apply to a transaction or lien within its scope, even if the transaction or lien was entered into or created before the the applicability date. That's what I got back from them. It didn't give me any further information on where we can go now to file it, but at least I've got somebody to contact here. They didn't send me a phone, they didn't include a phone number, so I will keep trying them until I do get in touch with somebody and they can give me a, um, a um, they can give me a, a, something to follow to be able to file the lien again, whether we have to send it in physically, um, by mail, uh, there's another site somewhere that we can use, but we are, I am working on that, and we're continuing to try and get it get it going. Now, we've got a lot of questions tonight. That's what tonight's call is all about. Call's about um, answering questions that you may have to, to make your program a little more, become more knowledgeable regarding your program. If you've got a question about any phase of the program, or the documents, uh, what it's intended to do, the minute orders, the schedule Bs, uh, banking, whatever it might be. And we've got some questions on banking tonight, both Canada mainly, but we've got some. It'll, it'll apply to the. Uh, it'll apply to the. Um, see, okay, fifteen. Please keep focus with the call. Thanks. Okay, it's fifteen. Um, yeah, this isn't about crowdfunding, my friends. This is about asset protection tonight. And uh, we want to, we're going to start keeping focused, even with those who type in their questions. And I appreciate you thanking Chappie, Guest 15. But we um, tonight is the um, is for the uh, uh, asset protection, protection, protecting those crowdfunding funds that you may get. Okay, I'm going to scroll up here a little bit and um, see what the first question was from Glenn and Heather. 
question one, tangible personal property transfer. Uh, is it is it best to take pictures or can we just photocopy our list? Okay. If it's personal property, yes, you're right. It's best to take pictures. It'll save you a ton of time. You stand in one corner of the living room and take a picture back into the living room. Um, you then um, go to the opposite corner and take another picture until you get all of the items that are in that particular room. Then you go to another room and do the same thing. Sometimes you have to take three pictures, but uh, don't be concerned about it because they're all going in a list. And my suggestion would be to get a, a digital camera, camera, camera and um, make sure you've got the date on it and you take pictures of all of the assets. Um, and any new assets you would get in the future from the LLC or, or the trust of which they pay for them, take a new picture. I, I would get one of those with that little black uh, card, the tiny little card or chip or whatever they call it that you put in there in the camera, um, and you uh, um, then take it out and put it in your trust document in the same uh, somewhere or another. Put it somewhere related to the trust, either in the sleeve of trust one or in the um, in the sleeve that, that holds your uh, DVD, okay. When you get your documents, both of them of which are in, or both of them of which are in the Trust One document, okay. Um, so make sure you make sure you do that. And um, if you have to take another picture, you take the current, you take the, the little chip out of the uh, your camera and put in the one for the trust. Give that chip a name. And, uh, and then just follow the directions on, I believe it is, um, I don't know, I don't remember what, what minute order it is, maybe four, maybe six, something like that. And um, you'll have all of your assets very quickly. It takes about a half hour to 45 minutes to go through the average size home. Take pictures of your lawn and garden equipment. Take pictures of uh, your house because we are protecting either the, uh, the residents or the equity of the residents. And um, we'll go from there. Okay, you'll keep those all listed in your trust. Should you ever need to prove what the trust owns, you can pull them out. If you have an insurance claim, you can pull those pictures out, print them at that time. But um, yeah, take a picture of everything you've got. If you've got diamonds, if you've got, uh, well, gems, let's say. If you've got precious metals, gold, silver, platinum, you can do the same thing. Lay them out on a nice surface um, and uh, maybe a nice black cloth, and uh, take pictures of those. If you've got a gun collection, take pictures of your guns. If you've got something that has a, an appraisal value, take, picture of both, take pictures of both the appraised value, appra the, the page that has the appraisal on it, and also the, uh, the item. Maybe you've got a, um, a pra an antique baby grand piano or something. Take pictures of the piano, take pictures of the appraisal form. And um, so make it as detailed as you can. Get as much as you can on pictures, okay, guys, because uh, you may have some antique cars or something. Take a picture of the title and take a picture of the vehicle. And if you've got an appraise, appraisal value on that, appraisal, yeah, more. just go ahead and take a picture of that as well. But make it, this, this is your, this is the key to what the trust owns. So make it as detailed as possible. Um, and you don't have to photocopy them. You can take it. If they're on that file, you can, if you want, you can download that file from your camera to your laptop. 
and then uh, you get a file picture of it. You don't have to. Uh, you just use the little chip again to to include more pictures, and um, you you can always put that file then in with your trust document. You should be ha you should have a file on your on your desktop uh, somewhere that says STS program assets or trust one assets or the name of your trust one, whatever it may be, uh, and then assets after. That way you'll always know what that file is, okay? Uh, question two, Glenn and Heather. Business equity transfer, any, further, any future businesses, do we need another notary signature? Yes, you will. If you, you're going to have to keep the, keep the paperwork um, right up to date, okay? And uh, so if you, if you acquire another business, if you have trust one, start another business, uh, yeah, you're going to have to get... Now, if, it's, if, it, if you start another business, in other words, you create, if you're in Canada, you create a Canadian um, uh, corporation. Or if you're in the U.S., you create another LLC. But whichever you create, you create with the trust as either the shareholder in Canada of the corporation or the uh, member of the LLC in the U.S., okay? So it's not a business equity transfer. This would be a new business. So um, you would just fill that out, um, complete the paperwork, and uh, send, the, send the paperwork to us so we've got, you know, once it's all done, and, and we will, um, um, or we, we feel it's much better. Let me tell you, it's much, much better if you have us do it. We're, we're so much cheaper than an attorney. You can go online and do it yourself. I had somebody do it this week and come to find out the paperwork spelled out wrong. So if they went to, if they went to try and uh, defend themselves if, if in a lawsuit with that document, it would fall apart. Uh, we will get it corrected for them, but um, they're going to have to do part of it, and we can do the other part. We will, if we do it, guys, it's a turnkey operation. It may be a couple more dollars if you've got to do it yourself, but that's because I have to pay somebody to put all the paperwork together to get everything in order to get the EIN. You know, legal Zoom charges $75 for an EIN. Everything is included. It's a turnkey operation for us to create a, a, a new LLC for clients in the U.S. And very quickly, we'll, be have, we'll have the, uh, the Canadian Corporation um, documents so that we can create Canadian corporations for you so that, you make, so that you're positive that, that it's correct. Not only that, if there is a problem, we've got to correct it, not you. And, uh, if it's you filling it out and you've made a mistake in your hands, I'm not going to touch it. Uh, the old story, I wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole because it's, it's something alien to what the perfection of the SDS program is all about. Okay? Uh, let's see. Glenn and Heather, business equity transfer. Now, if it is business equity transfer, if you have more than one business and you want to just transfer the equity, you put the name of the business in the, and just follow the directions on Schedule B3. B3? Um, no. B6, Schedule B6, Business Equity Transfer, okay? You take, you, you, you transfer the equity, just fill out the form, have it signed and notarized, and that other business is also protected, um, or the equity of that business is protected. If it's in Canada, you can go in and have the, uh, and you've got a Canadian corporation, an existing Canadian corporation, you can go into the recorder's office and you can, I'm not positive where you go. If anybody knows where you go to change the name of the shareholder, let me know. I was told before and I forgot. Um, but you can, you can have the name of the shareholder be changed to the name of your 
trust one. So we, you, that's something you would have to do because it's your corporation. You you go in and um, you tell them you want to, want to um, and you have the right to do it. We've got a lot of clients that have, have had existing businesses in Canada, and they've done that. Um, business equity um, transfer, there's a form in there, a schedule, um, schedule B6, I believe it is, and you can you fill out the form and the equity of the business. You get assigned and notarized, and the equity of the business is now owned by Trust One. Um, yeah, you'll need to get it. Well, in Canada, not in notary in the U.S., because it doesn't really cost anything. I talked with somebody today, they were going to go get their documents notarized. Um, the trust documents, but they were going to an attorney, and yes, he does charge $50 a page. And I told this person that they don't have to do that. They can go to a commissioner of oaths. There's some places in Canada, people have told me that they've had the commissioner of oaths um, um, change the, um, or rather notarize the documents, and uh, it was free. Other times, it was, if you go to the county recorder's office, um, to, to have the documents notarized, it is um, a few bucks. Nothing like what attorneys charge. That is outrageous as far as I'm concerned, but what's new? Attorneys. Need I say more? Um, uh, let's see. Uh, UCC1 filing record. We attached our in-depth list. We've already made... Thanks. Well, here's, what, here's all you have to do. If you did that, that's fine. That's no problem. But here's all you have to do. If you'll notice on the UCC form that's on your documents, you, you scroll down into the collateral box. And um, I'm not sure, Glenn and um, uh, Heather, if, if you're U.S. or Canada. Oh, wait a minute. Let me go forward. Okay. If you're U.S. or Canada, if you're U.S., um, you just go get it notarized. I can walk into my bank here in the U.S. and I give, the, give one of the um, bank clerks 20 pages to be notarized and say, hey, could you notarize these for me while I go to make a deposit or whatever. And uh, when I get back, when I walk back to the desk, they hand them to me and say, have a good day, Mr. Clark. And they're all notarized and they don't ask me for a dime. It's very much different in Canada. Um, so anyway, um, um, anyway, that's what that's what you would do. What was the question again? I need um, UCC one filing. We attached our index. Okay, you can do that. But but it would be much better. We for we on the on the UCC form. If you scroll down to collateral, we have um, we have already inputted what you should be putting on there. All you would do would be to copy and paste um, what we've got down in the collateral box. And um, basically, you can't use, if, it's, if you're in Canada and it's a PPSA, you can't use the first two things, which are the, the address of your uh, residence and the um, legal description, because you can't include real property in a PPSA lane. It's, it's powerful lane, not as much as the UCC. But together they're impenetrable, and I think it. And the PPSA in Canada, same thing, guys. If you get priority position, 
if you get this lien filed before anybody else for 125% of the value of your assets, no, nobody can circumvent it. Not even the CRA. No, no, I've I talked to so many com- Canadians, they are scared to death of the CRA, which mo- most Americans are scared to death of the IRS. But once they realize and come to these conference calls, and if you've, if you've purchased, if you've got a, an STS program, uh, and you have to, this is mandatory, guys. It's for your benefit, not mine. You have to come on these calls for at least two to three months. Every Monday, you get a college class at 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific, and all other interim time zones. You've got you've you've to learn about this program. It's an ongoing, it's a... Uh, it's an ongoing program that evolves and changes as circumstances in your country change, okay? And um, if you wait till the last minute, I did have a person call me today. I said, Mike, I got my program in 2012 and I just opened it up. Why would anybody do that? Um, she gave me her reason, but I'm not, I'm not going to question you or judge you on it, but you've got a powerful program. All it takes to get it 99.9% on board is signatures, signatures, and, and sign it. You paid for it. You thought enough of it to start the program. So, so start your program, get it working, and um, um, at least it's in place. Then you know if anything would have happened from 2012 to now, they would have had a hard time defending something that, where the people say, "Hey, they didn't even sign it." And I didn't think enough of it to sign it. So you've got to follow the rules, guys. You've got to sign it. You've got to get the liens filed. And you've got to get the uh, assignment of incomes put in place, okay? All right. Um, let's see. You've done it. You've put it in there. You don't have to use the collateral box that we've prepared for you. So go ahead and um, um, go ahead and it's good the way it is. Get your receipt back. And um, you'll be all set. Uh, let's see. Question from Laura, Laura Ray. I need two successors, and should I have a trustee number two for trust and put their name, I think you meant trust one, put their name on, put their uh, one name check on checking account, go forward. In other words, do you need to have two successor trustees uh, listed? Yes, you do. You could have a stroke or a heart attack or something or a car accident that wipes you out tomorrow. And well, who's going who's gonna to manage your trusting? We don't know who your kids are. We don't know who you would want in place if you do have kids. And, but you always want to take the time to think and, and get two successor trustees put in, uh, listed on minute order number seven. Um, let them know you've listed them and get their approval to be trustee because we don't want them walking and, and leaving. Uh, something should happen to you. You don't have to even die if you just were in a coma for a while. You need somebody to take over as trustee, and we'll be there. We're a non-voting trustee, and I will share with them and, and bring them up to speed as quickly as possible. If they want to dissolve the whole trust and not have anything to do with it, they can do that, and they can be responsible for the assets that you've put in the trust, okay? So pick a couple of trust successor trustees always right away, Make sure they uh, have agreed to become trustees. Now, should I have a trustee number two for trust one put their unnamed one name checking account? Um, 
the uh, you can do that if you want. You can be the only trustee if you want, if you want as long as you've got successor trustees. You don't have to bring anybody else in. As far as if something happened to you and you're the only trustee, immediately the two the, the two people named or three or four you can you can name as many successor trustees as you want. If you've got five kids, you might want to put them all down there as successor trustees. So. Um, something happens to you, they immediately take the position and are activated as trustees for your trust one. Okay? Um, don't need to have them on there at the checking account. Not at this time. Not if it's um, just you. You can maintain the privacy and the, and the control of the checking account because immediately, if you're not, if they're not on the checking account, we will create a secondary. Um, Living trust document that, with their names on it, um, and they would take a, They would simply take the new living trust document and the death certificate, and um, go into the bank and take control of the trust or the LLC bank account. If you have uh, now, being that that came up. Um, in the U.S., it's that simple. If it's Canada, let me in US you can have both a trust and an LLC. LLC is a very familiar document in, in the US. And I get very ticked off at the at the um, banks in Canada that, that more of them are aware of the Protocol Treaty of two thousand seven where it very um, clearly states that that the LLC is a US entity but yet it it is a um um and it's totally accepted in Canada. Very few of them even know that. None of them that I've talked to. And um, but here's the point. Don't in Canada, don't even make it make it known that the uh, that the LLC exists. Okay, with this new um, oh what is that um, that new bill saying are you double taxed? You need to pull out a W eight or or a W-9 if you're in the U.S. or if it's a U.S. entity. They see that LLC and they say, well, yeah, your program is domiciled in Canada, but yet you are, the, the LLC is a U.S. document. They don't know that it's accepted in Canada. So instead of going through all the bells, jumping through all the hoops and bells and whistles and everything, don't even bring up the LLC. The only account you need for right now is a, is a um, trust account. Just get a trust bank account, and um, that's it. Don't even let them know that there's an LLC combined with your program. All they're concerned about is you're opening an account for the trust, not for the whole STS program, for the trust. So you don't you show them the living trust document that we show you. You never, never, never show the uh, the, the binder documents to a banker. Uh, a banker doesn't have a clue. First of all, they don't know anything about living about asset protection. They don't know anything other than the statutory means. So you keep the LLC from now on. You keep it totally in the background. Okay, nobody has to know about it. The reason it's there is because that instantly transfers all of your assets to um, the trust, which then creates the LLC a separate item, a separate entity rather. So you want to do that. Um, so forbid, God forbid something happened to me. Guys, before you send me your email, that doesn't matter. No big deal. Um, okay, Hildy, 
when is the new Canadian paperwork coming? As soon as I can get answers, there'll be. Um, Ed and I talked today. He's thinking of coming to Chicago on um, August 5th. I got to get in touch with Pete and with Bill Kelly and see if that's ready. Your program is 100% powerful and, and, and accessible right now, Hildy. The new Canadian paperwork will just make it a little easier to do banking in there, but you, you've got your trust account open, and um, everything's in workable fashion right now. So don't, if you are now a Canadian domicile entity, and uh, so you'll be fine. It's the way it is. We're getting through it as quick as I can get some get a little help out of the northern side. You know, I just heard tonight, too, I didn't realize it, that Canada is the U.S., the U.S., their, their number one trading partner is Canada. I know there was a lot of trading there. I didn't know Canada was number one, though. Um, I don't know if that's true in reverse, but that's what I heard. Um, let's see. Where are we at here? Keep focused on the call. Chappie, thank you, sir. What is the goal of the program, Donaldson? The goal of the program is to serve litigations out of control in the U.S., and it's out of control in Canada. I researched for 12 years before I even started putting the program together. I, this is not, I didn't create this program. I just uncovered how the super wealthy, the, the Kennedys, the Rockefellers, the DuPonts, the Morgans, and the Carnegies, and many more, how they protect their assets. They do not use statutory programs. I can pierce any Canadian corporation in a heartbeat. First thing I learned when doing my research was that, and I knew you were going to ask this question uh, because you're a, new, a newbie on the call. Uh, the first thing I learned was that anything you own can be taken from you. It doesn't matter if you're in the U.S., Canada, um, Germany, England, Australia, it doesn't matter. Anything you own can be taken from you if there's a judgment against you in a lawsuit by the CRA, by, by anybody that's concerned, okay? Uh, and, and you can't hide a single thing this day. If you think you do, if you think you can, you're living in a, you're drinking Kool-Aid and dancing down the yellow brick road, and I'm sure you're not or you wouldn't be on this call um, because there's people out there known as asset investigators. With computers being what they are today, I can give somebody just your name. That's all I have to give them. And within a few within a few hours and with a, within a few uh, for a few hundred dollars, I'll know everything you have. I'll know every piece of real property you've got. I'll know every business you've got. I'll know every bank account you've got. I'll know your vehicles. I'll know everything you've got, all of your investments. I'll know your credit cards and the limits and balances. And um, I'll know everything about you. That's the material stuff. I'll also know who your mom and dad are. If they're, if, they're, uh, if I want to know this, I'll know who your mom and dad are and if they're alive or past. I'll know who your brothers and sisters are. I'll know who your kids are. I'll know where you work. I'll know where you buy your groceries. I'll know where you buy your gasoline. I'll know everything about you. That's the, that's the com, computers being what they are today. There's not you can't hide a single thing, okay? And the purpose of this program, and, and now even with the new bail-in programs that are out there, every country in the world, Mr. Donaldson, are Donalds, Donaldson, huh? one or the other. Um, or Donald's and son, maybe. I don't know. I'll call you Donald's, Mr. Donald's, with the new bail-in program and the citizen confiscation. It's because every country is broke. And if you read the documents, and I would be happy to send them to you, um, both documents, on citizen confiscation and on the uh, uh, bail-ins, the government has the right 
at any time to go into a citizen's account, checking, savings, investments, uh, life insurance, cash values, annuities, pension programs, um, social security returns. I know you call it something different in Canada. But it can go into anything you've got. And it can take money out, the CRA can too, without giving you a reason or giving it back to you. It's becoming more and more prominent. There's several hundred thousand people and probably more. I know there's more by now. In, in the U.S. and probably the same number in Canada that's already had that and they've tried to get their money back and they can't. And they're not given a reason why it was taken. The government has the right with the new bail-in program. The International Monetary Fund is just about broke too. And uh, so every country in the world is bankrupt and what they put together for every country in the world is this bail-in program because the International Monetary Fund needs dollars. Canadian or U.S., doesn't matter. German or German or English pounds, doesn't matter. Euros, yeah, maybe they don't want euros anymore. But anyway, um, because you're a citizen, that's the one reason that they can take it from you. Now, you're always going to be a citizen as a person. Uh, don't, don't give me, don't anybody give me any half of it. I can become where I'm not a person. Okay, that's not what this call is about. Um, but for all intents and purposes, everybody will maintain their citizenship in one way or another. And by just going to another country, they're in the same, same boat you're in. So it's not going to help you. Um, that government will be able to take out of your accounts. But what the super wealthy do, they, they take all of their assets and their income sources, whether it's active or passive, and they, um, they, um, they, they take it all and they, uh, it's put in, transferred into a trust. A trust is not a citizen. A contract trust is not a citizen. You're, in essence, trading, every, uh, giving everything to the contract trust. The contract trust is not truly a trust, Mr. Donalds. It is actually a private contractual agreement, as in Schumann and Heinz Schumann Schumann versus Foreman. It says that, it says the judge stated very clearly, the, 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 the pure contract trust is not a trust, but a private contractual Agreement in trust form. Because it's a private contract, that takes it out of the citizen realm, just as it does is if you are a, uh, you would say, well, that, uh, I put it in a corporation or an LLC or something, and it's, no, if it's a corporate Canadian corporation, you are the um, shareholder, which makes you the owner, which means they can take everything in it. If you've got an LLC, a U.S. or a corporation or anything, if an LLC, though, you are the member. The member is the um, owner. You're still, you're still got an ownership position. Your biggest enemy is ownership, Mr. Donalds. And what this does, what this program does, Trust One takes 100% ownership out of your name and puts it in a trust, in a private contract trust. Very big difference. It's not statutory. It's federal. And it's protected by the Constitution of the United States, even in Canada. So don't say, well, this is Canada. Well, we had so many treaties and stuff together, and, and a Canadian by the name of Lawrence Friesen helped, helped look up everything, and it is still protected by the Constitution of the United States because there's nothing out there like it. I've read both documents of the Canadian Corporation, Canadian Constitution, and uh, there's no protection in it, really, for personal property, for, for, um, for anything else. So what? let me answer your question now in summation. What is the goal of the program to take ownership of your assets out of your name, but you maintain total control? Only you are you and your spouse. You're the only ones that have any control of the trust. We're there to help you. 
should anybody attack you. And we've had a lot of success in Canada every time. We haven't lost yet. And same thing in the U.S. Um, we've had, had several hundred lawsuits in the U.S., and every one of them was dropped within two weeks. Well, every one, two of them were not. And it was on the request of the clients. But um, we protect your assets. You no longer own them. If somebody sues you, they can't get at your assets because they're owned by a, um, a trust. So now I'm going to let you talk for a minute. I see you've got um, your call line on. Hello, Mr. Donalds. How are you? Doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. How are you tonight? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Good. My question is uh, because my friend has a, a property issue in the city of Watertown, New York. He lives in Massachusetts, the friend, and bought the property for, you know, the 107000 I may have even asked you before about this. Uh, it's $117,000 in back taxes, presumably because the city of Watertown prepared this tax deed on an assessment. Okay, and so they're basically saying that they sold this property in 2013, um, but my friend bought the property in 2015, I believe, and he did not pay the, the, the t back taxes. And so my question is, what can we do right now to stop the, the theft? Because we have managed to um, unearth some facts Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, unfortunately, that's outside my area of expertise. We can protect it once he has the property deeded, the legal title in his name. We can protect every nickel of it. It's out of his name. Nobody can ever touch it again um, until he decides to sell it or to have the trust sell it or whatever. Uh, to get this straightened out, though, what I would recommend, and I'm not, this is one of those cases where with my uh, other businesses, I don't keep an attorney on staff on any of them. If I have I'm, most of the very successful businessmen I know don't. The big companies like GE and that, they have to. If I get in a problem, then I go get an attorney, and I'll find one that's uh, relevant to my problem. So what I would suggest is to find a real estate attorney and take all the facts and, and lay them on his desk. It may, okay. yeah, it may, um, it may cost, it will cost him a few bucks doing that. Whereas otherwise, he's sitting there. Did he already pay the hundred and seventeen thousand? That is the back taxes and pay. No, but he did um, make letters to um, the comptroller, and uh, you know, promising to pay, and also you know making arrangements for renovating the property so that it shows an intent to do general maintenance. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, I would have him go to a real estate attorney, get a plan, ask around, see who's a decent one in your area, in his area, and get it taken care of. First of all, get it legally titled to his name. Do whatever he's got to do if he wants the property that bad. And um, uh, sometimes... Did you, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Did you? What did you say? Can you repeat that a little slower? Yeah, you said that what he should do is find a competent attorney. Well, that's kind of an oxymoron at times. But you haven't find, I'm just teasing, haven't find a good attorney in his area. Lay all of his papers, include, including all of his letters back and forth to the, back from the comptroller, et cetera, et cetera, and tell him, hey, I want to buy this property. 
how do I get legal title to it? What's the, the easiest and the cheapest way to do it? And the attorney can give him good sound advice on that. Okay. Well, my, my buddy actually bought the property from the private property owner already, and you know, and oh, has yeah. a say, a bargain, okay. a bargain. Yeah. All right. Well, I just I tell you what, then he's not. He has to get that that back taxes paid prior to somebody else. Anybody can come in and pay back taxes on a property. So he's going to have. He, I would, uh, if he wants that property I, that bad, I would, uh, I would get in front of an attorney, a real estate attorney, as quickly as possible, and uh, say, hey, what do I have to do to get these back taxes paid? And uh, what's the what's the story on that? Have they shammed me? You know, have they uh, not told me about this? And now I, I paid the money for the property and I can't get access to it. Uh, yeah, I would get in front of an attorney like tomorrow. Well, the thing about it is that, you know, I, I did my own little bit of research last night, and I was looking at some of the um, laws pertaining to that um, the taxes, and what did I find? Uh, I found that the bylaws, I found two, two definitions for bylaws. I mean, this may not be the call for that, but in, in, in a sense that these bylaws are actually made for the corporation and for its own government. They're like rules and ordinances, and that would include the property tax stuff, too. They're claiming it's inside the city of Watertown, and they mean the legislative one. And so my, my thing is, can't, you know, obviously you're saying we need an attorney to present this. I mean, if we have these facts with these definitions, can't we just present it on our own? Yeah, this, well, you may be able to. I don't know, but I would get some legal advice. You know, a guy that is his own attorney is, uh, I forget how that goes, but you're right. I don't know enough to even give you a legitimate answer on this, but I would I would spend a few bucks even for a, a half-hour consultation and take his papers in and go to a real estate attorney who can tell him what to do. Okay, I, thank you. Sure. I don't want to take any more of your time with this. I appreciate you. I appreciate the question, too. Thank you, and have a good, have a good week. Bye-bye. Okay. All right, now we'll move on. Um, or the goal of the program, and I hope you understand the goal is to take get you get your property out of your ownership. If it's owned by the trust, nobody can, no government agency can touch it. Not the IRS, not the CRA, not the government itself. It's municipal, uh, county, or state, or federal. So, um, are you still promoting key logging? Yes, we are. If you want to, you want some information on that, send an email to MPG Protect. Just requesting a. Um, key logging information, and um, we'll put you in the hands of Chappie, okay? Um, Ken Loops, you mentioned in your email that you will address the banking procedures in Canada. Please do. Um, yeah, banking procedures. I'm going to get, you know what? I'm going uh, to do a quick review here as of for guest 14, and then I'm going to go to the questions that were emailed in to me last, for last week and for this week, okay? Because there's quite a few of them now. So a quick um, quick intro about the program. Guys, you, you heard it a little bit up there when, my, when I was answering Mr. Donalds. And um, right now, if you don't have this program, and this is the only program in the world that can provide you total asset privacy and penetrable asset protection, there is no, that's not even a, a question. Nobody can do it. We've got a trademark. We've got a copyright, registered copyright on it. And uh, mainly it's 20 years of, of um, research, 20 years of learning how the super wealthy protect themselves. And the program has evolved from 
for the last eight years to become more and more powerful. Um, what you do is, uh, this is based on a private contract. You give up your assets in return for trust certificates. All of your assets are placed into a private contract trust, most powerful trust in the world. Okay, there's nothing that can compete with it as long as it's put together properly as in the STS program. And we, I didn't create this. I only uncovered what the super wealthy do. And this is a... Uh, this is kind of a mirrored image of what they do. A little bit different because our people don't have millions of dollars to work with, um, to spend, to start a program like this. But you transfer, our, our creator makes a, uh, who's going to create Trust One, he makes you an offer. If you give him your assets, he will give you trust certificates, which make you the beneficiary of this trust. You, um, you and, and also there's a place on the application for, for the um, uh, the suggested trustee one, and if there's a spouse, the suggested trustee two. So you you put you know you put who you want in there, but if you're going to give up your assets, I'm assuming you're going to put your name in that box. And the trust is created for you, and it's also it's created, and the uh, trust one's created. Trust one then creates an LLC, or and very shortly, once we can get together with the Canadian um, people. Um, a Canadian corporation. If you're in the U.S., an LLC. If you're in Canada, a Canadian corporation. But don't be, don't worry about it because even an LLC, you are protected in Canada. And um, so you transfer all of your assets. So if anybody sues you anytime in the future, anybody comes after you for any reason, you own nothing. Nobody can take a single asset. If you're a business and all your business assets are transferred into the trust, Guys, you can go. If things go bad, you can go bankrupt as ABC Corporation, and you can uh, three days later you can start a new XYZ Corporation or LLC, and and you are you've got all the same assets because the, the trust has loaned them back to you or rented them back to you, whatever whatever it has to be. So it basically puts all of your assets under the protective veil of a private contract, and the Constitution of the United States. The pure trust has to have five basic components of which nobody can touch it. And once your assets are protected, you're in priority position. We also file a UCC lien, the most powerful lien in the world, so that if anybody does come after you, say the, the IRS or the CRA, your assets are not only not in your name anymore, and they can't get at them if they're in the uh, trust, it also eliminates bail-ins. It, it eliminates um, citizen confiscation because a citizen does not, a trust is not a citizen. A trust is a private legal entity. Okay, and that's that's in its in its short in its shortest form. That's what we do. We just take ownership of the assets out of your name. Now, I've got a lot of questions to answer, or else I would continue to go into more detail. But I will make that my the intro of the, of the STS program. I will make that my talking points next week. So come back on the come back on the call again if you are a newbie next Monday, and I will be more than happy, and you will understand it almost in detail. However, you can go to the um, if you send me an email requesting the, the Green Bay, Wisconsin seminar. I will send you a copy of that, and you will see Dr. Cal Streeter, a prominent uh, natural 
was a regular doctor, but he's also now a natural doctor. Myself presenting the program, you'll see all of it along with the uh, along with the uh, slides and the PowerPoint presentation. And you'll listen to Bill Tully, who is uh, there's no better tax man in the U.S. Bill Tully has had his program about 12 years and uh, 12 to 14 years, and there is. Uh, 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 there's nobody that can, he's never had one problem with the IRS. They know what our program is, and they uh, they know that they can't touch it. Okay? So that's that's that. I'm going to get back to more of the questions in a little bit. But first of all, don't type in any for a little while, because I want to get this here, these other questions out of the way. Now, these are from last week. I did answer a couple of them initially before the phones went bad. By opening a corporate account at the bank, do we sign all the papers um, with your name, comma, director, or just your name. You never sign anything for the LLC, for the Corp Canadian Corporation, or for Trust One or Trust Two. You never sign anything with your name only. If you sign only your name and you don't have the, the, um, the, the uh, entity, uh, not the entity, but the, um, what your title is, uh, whether it's president, vice president, secretary, treasurer, trustee, manager, whatever it is, you've got to have that title behind your name or you're taking full liability for whatever it is that you're approving or disapproving or whatever, okay? Trust account is already open. I'm talking construction business account because trust one is shareholder of the company. Good, good. Uh, you went ahead and formed the Canadian um, Corporation. How would we sign the documents? You would sign any documents that are, that are, it all depends. If you're signing from the corporation and your name is, your title is um, President, Vice President, Secretary, or Treasurer, you'll sign your name, and if you're signing for the corporation, you'll, you'll put your title there. If you're signing on behalf of the member, which is Trust One, then you will put your name, comma, trustee. Okay? Hello, Michael. Do I need an assignment of income form for each of the business names or accounts they they have, or is the Schedule B-1 sufficient? Schedule B-1 is only for transferring the, the, the uh, equity in real property. If you'll read it, it's real property equity transfer, okay? It's only for real property. Um, your other assignment of income forms, it's totally separate. If you go put the CD in your account, in your computer, rather, and you scroll down until you, until you see assignment of income. It'll have Schedule B-7, assignment of income, and you scroll down below that, and it will have, um, um, an assignment of income, it will have example, and it will have blank. Print out the example, use it, lay it on next to your computer there, and then use it when you're filling out for each source of income you have. If you've got a job, that will be active income. You fill out your name, the manufacturer you or the company you work for, ABC Manufacturing or whoever it is, and you're transferring and you put the percentage in there, anything from zero percent to hundred percent. Uh, I wouldn't do hundred. You, you want to keep enough money to maintain your monthly bills, okay? Because they know you've got to buy food, they know you've got to buy clothing, they know you've got to buy personal items and any other bills you may have. So determine what your monthly income needs to be in your personal name and and make sure you've got enough money coming into that every uh, every week every month however you get paid so uh, yeah you want to fill out an assignment of income for your for your pension 
for your um, life insurance cash values, for your annuities, for your um, Social Security. And again, I'm not positive what you call it in Canada. I know what it is. I've been told it a hundred times, and I keep forgetting. But you want to you want to protect every if the assignment of income protects every source of income you have. Okay, protects every source. So, um, my at here. When filing in the form, do I just put in the account number or the name? And you put in the name first. Uh, maybe such and such pension account, such and such uh, life insurance, John John Hancock life insurance policy number, da 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 da. And uh, make sure you be, keep very detailed on these guys. And um, you, you put the percentage that you're you're transferring. Okay. For example, yes. Okay. Uh, let's see. Follow, Jeanette, following my trust name are the following letters, CT, I presume is contract trust, and CL, which I don't know what it stands for. It stands for common law. One minute order number one, it has the name of my trust, comma, CTOCL. We've tried to put all of the various initials in there so people, but we're, we're kind of removing them now. We, we don't need them out in there anymore, we don't feel. But CTO is contract trust organization. Um, what does the CTO stand for? Nope, that's what it is, contract trust organization. On page 12 at the top, which is the first page that needs to be notarized, it says um, province of British Columbia then has the, uh, to the right it has SS. Guys, an attorney put that in there so that they could not change the venue of your, of this trust program back into a statutory venue. And um, it's a legal document, and legal documents have SS. Um, and I don't know what they stand for. I wasn't able to get in touch with the attorney this week to have him tell me. You might want to Google it, look it up. What does the SS stand for in a legal document? Um, you don't have to put anything there. If it doesn't have a place for you to give an answer, you don't have to put anything there. I do not have real property to place in the trust at this time, just home furnishings, some glass, some glass and glass mainly. I do not um, collectibles, limited edition prints, watercolors, gardening tools, etc., as well as my dinar and dong. So can I just leave everything in trust one at this time? Until after, yeah, take pictures of all those items, um, Jeanette. There's no problem with that. Take pictures of them. You need those. You need the value of those items protected, as well as your dong and your uh, dinar. When I plan to purchase property that I would transfer to the LLC. You can't transfer it. You'll have to purchase it through the LLC or the trust. Do I, you can't add to a contract once all consideration is given up, given up. Do I enter the foreign currencies on Schedule B4 or B5? You enter them unless they are recorded in your name, which the dinar, which currencies are not. Currencies go on Schedule B5. And on top line, you would just put Iraqi dinar. Where it's right below it, it says account number. You just put N slash A, not applicable. Uh, on Schedule B4, it's basically the same thing. But these are, these are, for example, if you have mutual funds or if you've got some um, some investment that's actually titled in your name, and you would put um, the name of the investment, um, Keystone S4 mutual fund, and you would put the account number right below it. So that you got to be very surprised. So that Precise, so that everybody, anybody comes after you, um, it's very detailed, and there's no, no question about what the trust owns. Um, I guess that's pretty much it. 
LLJ, let's see, my name and principal office, LGA. Okay, yeah, you use your Canadian, use your Canadian address. Oh, here's what you said, LJ Valley Ventures, LLC, uh, 2004, 37th Avenue, Vernon, A-N. What is the capital A, capital N for? That just shows when you're when you apply for an EIN number, AN shows that it's a country. It's the, the address is a country outside of the United States. Okay, it's all the AN stands for. Um, so don't be concerned. I, I've had that question asked a lot. When you get your EIN, you'll see AN by rather than a, rather than a, a province, you'll see AN. That just means it's outside the United States. We put in the, the zip code so they know exactly who you are, and your documents themselves will have your full address. I received a package from my daughter this week and discovered that UCC has changed. I've tried the UCC site in Washington without success. You know what the procedure is for filing. That's what we're trying to find out, the new procedure. For some reason, they decided, and when I called them and talked to a person there originally, they said they're just um, upgrading everything. They couldn't give me a date that it would be done, blah, 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 and I think that was a phony answer, but that's the answer I got. Also, I thought that the Canadian clients are getting a numbered company. They will be as quick as I can get the Canadians to, to work with me on this, okay? Michael, I sent you attached file regarding my house. What is the process to put it in the trust? Would you look over the info and help get this out of my name? Would you look over the help get this? Well, if you've got the house in there, you've got to go and uh, file a quick claim deed, either U.S. or Canada. File a quick claim deed and put the name of your... Trust one as the uh, as the owner of the property now, okay? As, as the one you're changing the name into, and people said, "Well, I've got a mortgage on it." Well, the mortgage follows the property. I've talked to at least 20, 25 bankers about this, and they said, "We have no problem, guys. As long as your trust, uh, as long as your payments on the house are up to date, they don't care who makes the payments, okay? They could care less just so the payments are made." Now. But the payments, if you start making payments late and you get behind, then they're going to look at everything, and they might may even they may even send out notice of payment on demand. If that's the case, you just quick claim deed the house back into your name. If they're going to take it anyway, if, you, if something horrific has happened and you can't pay for that house, have it go under in your name, not in the name of the trust or the LLC or anything. Have it go under in your name so that um, um, you don't own anything anyway. Like let them. Let them sue you. They're not going to get anything. Also, I have two vehicles as well to transfer. Both are free liens. If you haven't got the vehicle lien form, and it should be in your documents, but I don't know when you started your program, send me an email, mpgprotect, and we'll send you the vehicle lien form. Vehicle liens cannot be protected by um, PPSA or, or uh, UCC. Well, I know for sure UCC. I don't know if, it, if it's... Um, um, you, you, I know for sure about the. Uh, anyway, we'll send you the vehicle lien um, form. I was just reading this living trust doc you sent me in our email address here, and this is what a certain part of it says: I, trustee, the creator and appointed trustee of this trust, shall be so and so. These trustees shall be known as the board of trustees. I think I heard you say on a call to just tell the bank that you me are that the person is the creator because they don't know any better um, what, I, what it really means. Well, here's the reason. I'll give detail on this. So just 
listen carefully. It's not, it's not a hard thing. Bankers don't have a clue. And if they ask who the creator is, and we used to have only one or two have ever asked, okay, out of the thousands. Um, but if they do ask, we want to make sure we're, we're good for everybody. Uh, why do we list you now? And Hampton Miles, I would not have that. I, I would refuse you to set you up a program before he would give up any information as creator. It's not his position. His privacy we will protect. But you are the, you are the initial creator of this program. By, by submitting an application, uh, an application you, ha you have actually started the process to create this program. Hampton Miles is the person um, who actually creates the trust document, okay? And I'm not going to put his name out there anymore. I'm not going to give one banker the opportunity. If a banker would ask you that, first of all, and you would stay with that banker, then shame on you. But actually, it's not the banker. It's the, um, uh, you don't have to be concerned about that. It, but that's what you are, the initial creator, if anybody wants to get right down to it, just like in a living trust. They've got them in the U.S., they've got them in Canada. You start the trust. You are the creator. You, appoint, you move your assets into that trust. You, are the, the, you appoint yourself trustee and you appoint yourself beneficiary initially. Okay, so that's, it's nothing unusual, but bankers don't know that. And um, I think bankers don't deal that much with trust, and they, they deal hardly ever with true asset protection. They just know when an attorney protects you supposedly through a corporation or, a, or an LLC, guys, there is no protection at all. If a corporation, as I've said many, many times, you are the, um, you are the, uh, the, Stockholder, so you are the owner. If it's, a, if, it's a, uh, if it's in Canada, you are the shareholder, so you are the owner, and they can take it from you. Okay. Now, we will go in. Oh, I forgot a couple more. When opening a corporate account, oh no, I redo that. Okay, here's your questions, and for this week, and I will get back to the uh, computer questions. Uh, so and so from. TV Bank in Calgary. I just received my fifth fat care. That's what I was trying to think of earlier. Fat care form for the LLC. I called her because it states that the LLC was created in Indiana. Therefore, it makes me a USA citizen. That's so so ridiculous of sorts. And that the W-9 applies to me and not the W-8 form. Um, unfortunately, I've talked about this many times. To, to not since we didn't realize that people were having trouble with the LLC account, that we're not going to even divulge the fact that there is an LLC. Um, w-9 applies to me and not the W-8 form. I explained to her that it is domiciled, but she insists she was looking for an IRS number associated with our LLC because it was made in the USA. Well, we've got the, you should have the, L, the, uh, the LLC EIN number, um, which you can show to her if you want. Maybe you're, maybe you're already the waters over the dam, so you've got to go along. I asked her to forward a screen copy, which she did, and nothing reveals what she said. However, the link she did provide, which is below, I did look up in the LLC, and it does have your name and the Crown Point address, but nowhere does it show uh, an IRS number. It does have your name and the Crown Point address. Yeah, of course there's an EIN number with the LLC. There should be. If, you, if you're hearing your, your question being answered here and you look through your documents and you don't see an EIM for the LLC, which should be right at the end of the LLC parchment printed papers, um, you let me know and I'll get it to you. Uh, I asked her how to fix this. 
she said there was no problem at all with the trust document because it was made in Canada. They said the trust made in Canada, therefore it was it is made the LLC in Canada, therefore it was made. And she must have said ten to twelve times that she doesn't care what I say. And why are you staying at that bank? Go to another bank, start fresh, and open your trust account. Don't even just cancel the LLC account with her. I told you that on a on an email I sent back. More discussion went on, but I finally gave up. She said to fix this problem, you, you have to change the LLC filing to our home address, and then a W-8 won't suffice. Enough said before I blow a gasket. What would you like me to do? I'd like you to get rid of the LLC account. Um, I will see. I don't know that we can even. You've got to have a resident agent in the state in which the LLC was created. So there's nothing we can do to change that. So I would, I would just tell her, you've got the LLC altogether. You got rid of it. And then don't even try to form one. Just form your trust bank account. I just talked to a lawyer about setting up a corporation. He said that, A, there has to be a physical person named as the director and officer. It seems like it would not keep me in the private and also then I would be liable for the corporation. Your thoughts? Yeah. You are not liable in the least because you've got to remember if you created um, that entity in your name as owner, you as the owner, it would be one thing. But you are, you will be the appointed manager. Case law after case law out there that that um, that, that the uh, the trust is not, or the corporation, whatever, is not uh, respond. The director or the officer is not responsible. Is an appointed um, manager, and and the manager is not responsible for any of the corporate debt as the uh, manager, okay? So you're the director and the officer, but you will also be appointed, the Canadian Corporation, you will be appointed and get your all of your papers done with you as the appointed trustee. So you still remain private. So what if they know you're, um, they know all of us, um, Jerry, they know that, that we are all, um, my name's out there as, as on the LLC as the manager, and your name will be out there on the corporation as the uh, at whatever title you want you want to put on it. You just let me know, and you want to be president, vice president, secretary, treasurer, all the above, whatever. And but, but no, you haven't lost any privacy. They know they know who you are. It's not a matter that they know who you are. There's, there's nothing you have to maintain private there, and that you're associated with the corporation. The key is, can they get after? Can they come after you? And the answer to that is no. I'll send you some case law on that. B, the cost to set up, that would be about $1,400. Is this reasonable? Not according to what I've heard. I've heard you can set up, uh, you can go online and set up a Canadian corporation for um, about $350. Anybody knows for sure in Canada about this? And we'll have that information provided. You can go online and look up Canadian corporations. You can file it right there online, just as we do in the States here. Per state, you can do it per your province. And uh, it's about three hundred fifty, maybe it's five hundred dollars. See what happens when you get a lawyer involved. By it. Prices skyrocket. See, you have any connections that no lawyers that are familiar with the SDS program in Calgary uh, or area? No, I don't. I wish I did. I'm looking to get some. I did have an hour and a half um, conversation with uh, with one here in Calgary, right in Calgary. To uh, James uh, Steele and I went to see him, and he finally had to admit that we could do it. Of course, he was, well, you can't do that. 
at his uh, this and that blah blah and I answered all of his questions and he said, Well, these things may have some there. I want to be available, okay, so we got together on that. And you hear from the jury. I requested this back two months ago and it is all done. And thinking that this is what helped get the accounts, one of the pages I got back from the bank was a related customer list. And both companies it states for both companies it states under description, known connection, one hundred percent ownership. Um, Linda, well, personal non personal ownership, zero percent ownership. And my son, personal slash non-personal, 100% ownership. Is this correct? No, it's not. Um, the, um, the trust is the owner. I guess that's the easiest way to say it. The trust is the owner of the LLC or of the corporation, whichever it is you have, whether you're in the U.S. or Canada, okay? Um, is this correct? No, it's not. Um, you've got to have the trust, 100% ownership of the entity, the corporation, or the LLC. When I talked to the small business manager, she told me it was the way it is under statutory law. There you go. You, you just entered it into statutory law. And um, you've got to take it out of that. You've got to redo and do whatever you've got to do so that the trust is the owner of the corporation or the LLC. If this is so... I do what is necessary. So if it, that is so, I do what is necessary. No, you don't. She doesn't know what she's talking about when it comes to uh, asset protection. The forms the bank wants back by September 9th are as follows. SCE-WA, or applicable equivalent, equivalent from IRS. If business is not a U.S. business, or um, I'm trying to figure out what this is. Were you opening a corporation or an LLC? or a tax form W-9 in the U.S. business name, you don't have to do that. I believe I send, you don't have to do that. You don't have to file this at CE. You only file a tax, uh, a trust. Um, you only file it for the trust, guys. So it's a domicile in Canada. Don't let anybody know from this point on that you've got an LLC. If you're going to open another entity for a business, for investments, whatever it might be, you open a Canadian corporation, Okay. Not a not a U.S. LLC. BMO Harris Bank wants me to register LLC. Get rid of the LLC. Tell them you got rid of it. Do whatever you got to do. It's still there because it's all of your assets are in it, but it's not. Just just tell them you got rid of it. You don't need it anymore. You're only going to open a trust bank account. On the call tonight, can you please discuss our options in having an international business corporation in our protection plan? Uh, I am in need of setting one up ASAP. An IDC is simply taking uh, taking it offshore, and you want to take it offshore in the name of the trust. That's what they can't follow because it's not recorded anywhere. That's one of the big advantages of the STS program, guys. It's not recorded anywhere, so they can't look it up as they can when you when you start a corporation. You give them all the information, and it's held by the government. If you when you start an LLC. It holds all the information, and it's held by the government. So um, so they can track you. If you, if you go to, let's say, uh, Panama to open a, uh, you take, you have the trust go and open a bank account with one of the top ten world banks, and what they'll do is they'll probably, well, they will, you'll, you'll have to create a uh, Panamanian corporation before they can do anything for you, Okay. 
you have to open a Panamanian corporation. Now it's in the name of the trust that the, the trust will be the uh, the uh, stockholder of the Canadian corporation. So nothing's linked back to your name, my friends. Nothing is linked back to your name. That is the only way. You do not go to an attorney and just say, I want to open an international business corporation because you've heard somebody else say that they're a good thing. They're a good thing only if right, if they're created correctly. If you go and open it up in your name, the IRS will get you. They'll nail you or the CRA will nail you. Okay? Now I'm going to get back to this program, or to my questions, rather. Um, let's see, where are we at here? How do we get Ed to respond to email questions? Thanks, Michael. I don't know. Um, Ed's a very, very business guy, a busy guy, as you can imagine, with all the Canadians that are got CRA issues and all that. He doesn't deal with the uh, IRS issues in, in the U.S., Ed's got to still maintain a loop and do a living, make a living. So to, to go to Ed and ask him to help you, that's what we're going to work out as soon as he gets up to Chicago. We, we tentatively set a date of um, August 5th. I don't know if we'll, we may have to set it back a, a few days, but uh, that's a tentative date. Um, that, I, I've, got, I've got a lot of questions answered by him, and, and he has he's talked, Excuse me. He's talked with a lot of um, Canadian people that have become his clients. So um, just keep trying. Persistence, I guess, is the best thing. Commissioner of Open BC at the Government of BC offices, $18 Canadian for three pages. Well, $6 a page is better than $50 a page. But the signature must say Commissioner of Oath, not, not Notary. I think we've changed that for the Canadian documents. So if you would... Um, send me an email and ask for the Canadian Commissioner of Oath page. Okay, either that or we put Commissioner of Oath slash notary so that it can handle both. Uh, used to be able to get items notarized at credit unions for free in BC, but not with now no notaries there. Okay, thank you, thank you, Hildy. Thanks, Kim, for your help, Chappie. Let's see. Thanks, Michael. Looks like the IRS commissioner is getting fired. Wouldn't that be great? I not only fired that lying son of a gun. They got to. They got to. They got to go after him criminally. Um, and I'm going to tell them that you're attacking me. If you ever attack me, I'm going to tell them that I'm a conservative and you're doing it strictly for political reasons. <laughs> I don't know if that'll work in Canada or not. This is not a place to make that kind of statement, Donaldson. I don't know what statement you made. I thought it was all good. Um, happy, it's a question. Oh, it's, it's about working with what we have, Donaldson. I don't know what the statement was. Are we conducting a commerce? Conducting commerce if there is no lawful money? Oh, yeah, yeah, this is, I see what you're saying. Yeah, Mr. Donaldson, or Donalds, with all due respect, um, we've had people try to get into that. I'm not about that. I, I protect assets 100%. Nobody's ever lost a nickel with our program. So if you don't have it, you should have it. And uh, but we don't. Everybody's got their opinions about that, and I don't get into that. It's about what I have in the past. They they kind of goaded me into it, but I don't do it anymore. Speaking the language that the courts are familiar with and banks. Yeah, that's what we that's what we use to just help the average person stay out of 
somebody taking everything they own. That's what the program's about. We don't do taxes. Any taxes uh, that are done are, are done um, between the client, the, the SDS client, and the tax professional. Some are more liberal, some are more conservative. But guys, you, you got to stop getting in trouble with the IRS and the CRA. They will break you. Um, you you've got to be intelligent enough to realize that. The average STS program uh, has their master's and doctorate degrees. Uh, average STS client. No, I'm just kidding about that. But we've got above average people that see the value of this and start up. Um, okay, I want to use my... Um, yeah, the, the property could be getting stolen. That's why he's got to get an attorney for crying out loud. Let's see, uh, I want to use my LLC for my business, but as of yet, I'm using my Canadian corporation. And so now you're better off using your Canadian corporation if you're Canadian uh, until the banking thing is cleared up. In your opinion, is that correct? Yeah, no, you just want to take and change the shareholder of your current Canadian corporation from your name to the name of your trust fund. Okay? We opened a new Canadian corporation two weeks ago, and I only... And I tried to put Trust One as shareholder. The registry said that the shareholder is named only on the date of filing year from one year from now, filing one year from now. So I put together a minute order and brought an incumbency form. Wow, nobody's ever called and said they had that problem. Toby, how do you get into these problems that nobody else has? To name a shareholder. Is this enough until year end? I don't know. Call um, you know what? Call somebody from the company that you set the corporation up with, whether it was online or what. Get their number or go go you know, go online, call a lawyer. If I have somebody tell them what you said, because everybody that we've I heard from so far, when they filled out the forms, they named the trust as the as the um, um, shareholder and that was it. They were the and you have to have an individual as a director and an officer, but the um, shareholder can be anybody or anything. Who has um, 117K, I don't know. Ah, I recognize attorney. Check the unable to be able to help Allison. It's okay. Give them your um, email address, Chappie. No attorney, or Donaldson, if Donalds, if you will send me, if you don't, if, if Chappie, oh, he's still here. Um, um, set up something so that you can uh, give them your email address. Yes, 9, Southern Alberta for Canadians. Uh, under my umbrella. Umbrella? Why are you guys talking about all this stuff? This program and this 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 uh, this is reserved for people with questions about the STS program. And come on, show me a little respect here. Um, I need to I need to do my part to help people. They don't care about your little things here. Um, yeah, the umbrella group. That's what we do. We've got we've got an impenetrable umbrella for people. Chappie, an abbreviation used in the portion of affidavit pleading or record known as the statement of venue. The abbreviation is to wit and is. Tended to be a contraction of the Latin term. Still, still sit. Something like that. SS is the preamble to an affidavit signing to the reader, signifying to the reader that it is a statement made in Blah, blah, blah. Okay, too fast, Chappie. 
not fast enough, Canadian Corporation, $415. I know somebody emailed me a couple months ago and said they got theirs for $350. Maybe different in different provinces. I'm sure it is. It's different in different states. So, yeah. Um, we, we've got a company that we're going we're gonna to be working with, and they'll do every province for you, whoever wants one. Like I said, some people have difficulty understanding their roles as a character in the trust. Well, next week, first thing, talking points is going to be setting up a trust and, and how you do it and why you do it. We did rename the shareholder a new corporation, but when I asked for confirmation and a photocopy, she said they cannot name a shareholder. They said that they cannot name a shareholder. I would call I would call somebody besides them. I would call somebody that sets up um, Canadian corporations and ask them about that. We've, we've never had a problem with that yet. So, anyway, guys, we've come to the end of another program and another Monday night call, and I sincerely appreciate all of you who have taken the time to, to come on tonight's call. I hope we've done you some good. God bless each one of you, and um, um, everybody have a good week, and I will see you here next Monday. Um, Please indicate BMO contacts. Ah, let me know what you mean. I don't know what you mean by that. I'm still here. Um, so thank you again for everybody coming on. And together we will get the CRA. Um, uh, yeah, I know you were, and that's good. I like that. I like that um, that metaphor. It's very good. Okay, my friends. God bless each one of you. Have a safe week. And see you next uh, Monday, same time, same place. You said you would address this. Oh, what, what is it? I'm, I apologize. I will address it. Um, the, oh, VMO contracts. Um, freshen, me, freshen my mind up. I had that somewhere here, and I don't know where it's going. Um, okay. Waiting on the phone. Um, you know what? Kamloops, Kamloops, send me an email, mpgprotect at AOL.com, and I'll probably leave me your phone number. And send me, you send me that email. I, I just looked at it, and I was going to talk about that tonight. That's about the, the 100, um, I forget exactly, but I, I remember reading it today. So let me know, okay? See each one of you next Monday. Be back. Send in your questions, any concerns, questions you might have. Um, it's always my pleasure and privilege to, to work with everybody and answer as many questions as we can, as fast as we can. So, um, oh, here. Uh, oh, you just left. I was going to just click on you on the phone. Uh, okay, well, hold it. We got somebody here from Northwest Indy, Illinois. And, uh, okay, is that you? That's me. I was getting all ready to send you a nasty text, but I don't have to now. You're there. I saw you. I saw you. What's up? Okay, vehicle lien. Do I need a vehicle lien if, the back, if, it's, if they're paid off? If what? If the vehicle's paid off, does it need a lien? Yeah. If it's paid off, if it's paid off then it's all equity, and anybody can sue you and take the vehicle. If you don't have it, I'll send it to you. Okay. Um, I thought we were supposed to protect the trust and use the LLC. Are we supposed to protect yeah, the LLC yeah. and use the trust? No, 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 no. In the U.S., you are. I'm talking about Canada because they don't, they don't have very many people up there that understand. A, uh, now, in Texas, I'm going to get to you right after this call. 
but um, but they they don't understand the LLC, so they have to. I don't I don't even want to open that can of worms in front of bankers anymore. Yeah. U.S. U.S. You're still you. I I discern between U.S. and Canada on that. You got to listen closer. Get your hearing aid along with your glasses, okay? Yes, I'm getting my glasses first. <laughs> They're <Okay>. ordered. <laughs> okay, talk to you later. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, dear. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Texas, Texas, you are on the call. Who is this? Hello, Texas. Hello? Texas. Hello? Hello? Yeah, who is this? This is Becky White. Hi, Becky. How are you? I have. I was cooking. I didn't expect um, call oh. in. Okay, I have a question. Um, some people have a 501c3 plus the trust. Uh, I want to know which is the better place. If you're going to pay, give somebody this fourteen thousand. Would you pay that out of your trust, out of your personal account, or what? If it has nothing to do with uh, a charitable organization. To create a 501c3. Yes, I have both of them. Yeah, yeah. Five hundred one c three. I pay it out of the trust. It's a business deduction. It's deductible. So whoever you give money to, the fourteen from the trust then. What? You're breaking up real bad. Okay, if it's like a family member or a friend, you want to get fourteen thousand to. Nothing to do with charity. Would you do that from your trust? Um, you know that I'll tell you that would be a a, a better question for Bill when okay. he's available to answer it. So. Because okay. I don't know the answer to that, okay? Okay, I'll get check with him then. Okay, dear. All right, everybody. Go to bed, sleep tight. And um, well, depending on where you're at, if you're in California, you're not ready to go to bed yet. But anyway, good night. And uh, God bless each one of you again. We've got a lot of God blesses tonight. And uh, see you next Monday. Good night, Mom and Dad. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.